Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Podcast. I am Metal Crashing Mike, and today I have with me two different bands, one of which you know and one of which you haven't heard before. Uh, the first one, of course, uh, I'm welcoming back Keith from uh, Not Warren. They're a great Georgia punk rock band. They actually have some new stuff out, and here in a minute I'm going to let him talk about that. But I've also got Brandon here from uh, Crazy Mad Ride, who are a very eclectic thrash band. I mean, they're thrash, but it's very... It's unique. It's unique. I'm going to let him talk about it in a minute. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and let uh, Keith go. Keith, go ahead and let us know what's going on with Not Warren. Hey, everybody. Um, I, my name is Keith. Like you said, I play bass and backup vocals in Not Warren. Um, right now, man, we are balls deep in promoting a video that we just, just released um, for PhD in Lycanthropy. Um, we released a single for it about a month ago on Spotify and iTunes and Apple, uh, Shazam, TikTok. Is that a thing? I don't know. We released that a month or two ago and, um, just put the video out for it Friday. Um, so far it's doing really well. So if you haven't checked it out, please do. It's on our, you can find links to it on our, on our Facebook page and Instagram page and all that stuff. Only place you're not at is Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, not Twitter, man. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm so I'm so out of the Twitter loop now. And I, I'm just really taking over the the band's Instagram page and figuring that out. Oh, um, Instagram's hell. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I've noticed, man. I've noticed, but um, you know, it's coming together. It's it's coming together. I, I know as soon as I figure it out, they're gonna come out with something else, and I'll just be like, I'm just the old guy in the corner, like I don't know what's going on. Yelling at clouds. Uh, that's me. I got one video on TikTok right now. I, I've got one video, and it's uh, me with three sparklers uh, doing a Goldberg impression. And then the, all the sparklers, like, I hadn't had the other two lit, and they just, like, blow up, and I just, like, jump out of frame. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Were you doing Goldberg or were you doing Gilbert? I had Goldberg on the thing, but then when I watched the video after I posted it, I was like, fuck, that's Gilberg. <laughs> Gilbert, my man. Gilberg. Fucking Gilberg. Okay. Old Dwayne Gill. Uh, all right. And we got Brandon here, of course, from Crazy Mad Ride. Brandon, I'm going to let you jump in here and let us know what else going on with Crazy Mad Ride and kind of introduce yourself to my audience. What's up, guys? Well, thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate uh, the offer. And uh, this is actually my first podcast, so this is going to be pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, uh, my band, Crazy Mad Ride, we're based in North Georgia. We're mainly thrash but we try to like throw some groove and just some heavy stuff in there as well um 
you know, we try to just be as original as possible. Right now, uh, we've got one song out on Spotify called Three Amatic. It's probably been out about a month or two, but, um, you know, we're getting a lot of good feedback on that. Um, and then also, we're in the studio again. We're recording a song called The Deceiver. Uh, that name gets used a lot, but we thought it sounded cool, so we went with it. And um, we're going to be playing, let's see, probably our ninth or tenth show uh, at Furnace 41 in Jonesboro on July 23rd for a festival, and then August 27th as well for a festival there. Um, but all in all, our band, we've been playing for about a year and a half now, but I've been building this band for about three years. So um, I'm excited to be here now. So cool. Hell yeah. Uh, when can we expect any kind of full length or uh, are you going to like do singles and then bunch into an EP or? So yeah, what we're doing right now, just to keep, you know, our audience dwelled and, and keep good songs coming. We're just going to make two or three, four singles and then merge them into an EP and then uh, go from there. Well, hell yeah. Let me know when you get See? the EP done. I got a guy who does some review stuff. See, Mike, I told you, man, that's, this is the way to do it. You just do the singles now and just promote it. Um, and then eventually you get an album or something, you know? Well, yeah, I, it's the digital era, man. You know, it's like it's not the 80s anymore. I, I, I mean, a part of me, there's pros and cons. I wish it was the 80s because, you know, one song on a good record, they go out and spend a lot of money on the record for that one song. You know, good good music all around, which isn't a problem for us. So, Hell, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, they did a lot of singles in the 80s. That's how the new wave of British heavy metal actually kept alive. I mean, uh, that's, that's how bands like Venom, I mean, if you ever buy a Venom CD or record now, it always has like a second disc or LP or something that's got uh, like all the singles they released at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, you know, little history there, motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's always good to keep that brain up. Right, right. <laughs> I got too much shit floating around my brain. No, you were talking about that, uh, just the releasing the singles, Keith. And, yeah. like, I already ran my damn mouth so much about the shit I've been recording that I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, cannot do that. It's like, there's an album coming out. And I've said it, like, 900 times. So, yeah, yeah I'm kind of just stuck on that shit. Yeah, no, man, and, that, and that's... And that, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I still love listening to an album, like in its entirety, um, you know, from first song to last song. Like, I still, I don't like, like, I was um, with my wife and she was just like skipping through these songs. I'm like, how are you doing? Like, this is driving me insane. Like, why is this? She's like, I don't know. It's just how I do it. Like, no, oh, I, I want to hear it front to back. Um, and, and then, you know, I'll pick, there might be some, some ones I can snooze on later on, but. I want to hear it front to back. That's how my wife is. She'll, uh, except it's worse. It's, it's worse than just skipping through an album. It's like my wife's got this playlist that's curated of like a couple of thousand songs. Yeah. On Spotify. And we'll be in the car riding and something will start playing. I'm like, okay, I kind of like this. And then all of a sudden she skips it. She's like, eh, over and over, <laughs> and over 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 and over. And I'm like, oh my God. Yep. Yep. She, yeah. my wife will do, um, so she has the uh, satellite Sirius in her car and she'll just be skipping through and be like, you know, you finally find one that's like tolerable. Be like, Oh, Tom Petty or something like that. Like I can dig this. 
And then uh, Tom Petty will be playing for a minute, and then she'll skip it, and then she'll keep skipping. And it'll be like Baja, man, and she'll stop. I'm like, yo, we're stopping on who let the dogs out? Why, why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Mail Threshing Nerd Podcast, where we're going to complain about our wives. <laughs> and hopefully they won't f- fucking hear it. I will it. say this, though. I will say this, though. About the singles, I, I want to point this out just in case that there's anybody out there that's looking to start a band or whatever. For starting bands financially, Singles are the best way to go um, because that way, you know, you can you can spread out the music to where if you do a single, you can juice that out and get the crowd interested. And then you can do another single, get them interested and just keep them interested because financially going in and recording an album without any kind of label or anything, it's it's expensive. So really, that's kind of why, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it. That's why we're doing singles at the moment. It's just financially, it's smarter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's. But, you know, through the years, we just kind of acquired all of our own recording stuff and things like that. Um, but, like, for us in our situation, you know, we, we're not playing a lot of shows. So we're just doing um, what we can when we can. So for us, it, it made more sense to just do singles. So we always have something new to promote. Like, um, you know, with PhD just coming out and then, like, a few months, we'll have the next next one or a few weeks, whatever, the next one will come out. Then a couple months after that, the next one. Um, that way we can only play, only have to play a couple shows here and there, but we're still, can, we can still be fresh on people's like radar, you know? Yeah, they're, they're, they're good for stepping stones for like, you can have that stone to step on when you're ready to take the next step and, and you know, of wherever, you know, with promotion or live gigs, you know, because yeah. it helps for when you draw a crowd, like they'll be looking for that song when you play live, you know, and it's pretty cool. That's, that's what I, that's what I'm ready for with the record is when we finally get the record out and then people will know the songs because they've heard them over and over and they can sing to them and all that. Right now when we play live, it's like people are learning about them for the first time. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be the fun thing when, when everything is recorded. When we're playing live, people can really like get into it and be like, oh, this is my favorite song, you know. So we're looking forward to that. I think yeah. I'm going to call this yeah. episode, uh, I Told You So, in quotations, <laughs> and it's going to say Keith. <laughs> with Brandon on backing vocals. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, that's actually really smart. I, I probably should have done that myself with some stuff. Actually, there's probably You'll a lot of bands time, that yeah. need... I'll know next time. Man, man the, way, the way you're recording and, and knocking stuff out, you'll, you'll know next time. You'll know next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when I start doing the power metal stuff or something. yeah. We got, a, we got a guy lined up to do some power metal vocals for some stuff, so. Yay. Nice. Whee! That's yeah. Enough about me. Enough about me. Let's talk about you, fellas. <laughs> I would love to. I'm down. <laughs> All right. So, um, Brandon, uh, you know, you're new. Keith's been on here and told us kind of where he comes from musically. Um, can you tell us kind of where you've come from musically? Uh, you know, who are some of your influences and, you know, even early on, you know, there's always those inspirations that bring you into music, you know? It's yeah, just- I will say this, and, you know, and, and I will, as I progress, you'll see why I got into metal, but I was, I, I still am a huge rock and roll fan. I, I think rock, you know, it's just, it'll never die. Um, because my, what happened was, I strictly remember, it was ACDC Live at Donington on CD. I think it was like back in 90 or 91 when they were live um, overseas and, I was in my dad's car 
and he plays ACDC Thunderstruck right off the bat. And the opening of the CD is just like a bunch of guys chanting a bunch of people, ole, 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 ole. And then you hear choppers, and then they have thunder over the PA. I'm like, who is this band? And then you hear the cymbal just the hi-hat. And then all of a sudden, you hear Angus Young come in, and I mean, the crowd goes nuts. And it was right then and there. I'm like, I want to play guitar, and I want to be that guy one day. Like, I want, that's, I mean, to have that ability to play all within two seconds of playing, have the crowd going nuts. I mean, to me, that's what made me pick up a guitar. And then um, probably in high school, I heard Megadeth. And then all of a sudden, I fell in love with metal. And I'm like, this is, you know, I'm finding ways of putting both those together. But I'm a huge Dave Mustaine and an Angus Young guitar-wise. Um, and then putting just all I can, all the knowledge I can. That, that's funny you mentioned that ACDC, man, because that's actually uh, like one of my earliest memories, like, I got into Metallica first with Ride the Lightning, and then it was like, my mom was, said, do you want to, what do you want? It was a cassette tape at the time, and I was like, let's get that ACDC, let's try that. And that live album you're talking about was actually one of the first experiences I had with the really heavier rock. Yeah, this, and, 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 yeah dude, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it's crazy, it wasn't until like middle school or early high school that I really started getting into the heavy stuff, because... I believe it was, it was either Metallica or Avenged Sevenfold or Megadeth, one of them. I mean, but I mean, within a week of hearing my first metal song, heavy metal song, I was like hooked. So, I mean, all those bands were on my playlist within a week. Oh, yeah. No, no. You, you, oh, you, you had playlists. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, me- yeah. I mean, metal, metal playlists all. Yeah, dude. Thrash oh, metal, okay. Dude. See, we had burnt CDs back in my day, by God. <laughs> Heck we yeah. had to wait 15 minutes for it to burn in our CDR. And, and back back in those times, too, you didn't even know. Somebody would give you a CD with just like a bunch of songs on it. We didn't have Shazam. You, it didn't have, they didn't have it coded where like the, the song would play on your you know radio or whatever. Um, like it would show the band name and title and all that. I had no idea who half these bands were. It's like, oh, that was cool. I like it. You didn't have to go in like a search. And like play it for the guy at the uh, blockbuster music. Hey man, what band is this? And like, show the song. like oh yeah, that's a Sepultura. Like oh cool. That was me at Sound Shop, and then they came out with this thing on cell phones called Rhapsody, and like mm-hmm. Rhapsody would like hear what was playing and tell you, oh this is what it is. Yeah. Like the first time I heard Maiden, when I heard Iron Maiden, was on a burnt CD a buddy of mine gave me, and it was fucking Prowler. Wow. Like, that's how I got introduced to them was a burnt CD. It was so crazy. And yeah. it's funny, it's us, us with the burnt CDs and shit is now we're the fucking old men where it used to be the tape trader guys. Mm-hmm. So now we're all yeah. the 100-year-old guys grabbing about back in the day. I think back in my day, we had these little round discs. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had a, I've had a <laughs> tell me like that. I'll be showing them a, a mix I did. And, and, you know, if they're like, 50 or older they're like i had to do mixtapes back in the day to do that now you can do it in five seconds i'm like yeah i mean that's the, that's the good thing about technology i guess you know no absolutely i love it I, I was just looking on um facebook marketplace and i found a tascom uh porta sound 2 mk2 uh, which is like the the four track tape player and it was going for 200 dollars. and i thought oh that's ridiculous who's gonna do that so i look at reverb I think it's going for like $200, $300 on Reverb, um, and it's a it's a tape recorder. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, I guess this is the, the classic vintage now, so 
Uh, um, we used to get them from musicians' friends for like fifty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I remember having one, and it was like, yeah, it was super cheap. So I was like, oh, this is a joke, right? No, man. I'm like, All right, cool, cool. Way of the world. Now those motherfuckers were cool back in the day, and now they're hipster cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're two hundred fifty dollars. Cool now. Yeah. Just it, like vinyl. Vinyl's coming back. Yeah, I know. I got a, I got a, I got a whole uh, fucking shelf full of it myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got, I got way. I, I don't have enough, but I got way too many. You know? I jumped on it right when it started kind of getting back in style a little bit, and I was like, "Now's the time." Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff I missed out on too. Like Slayer stopped reprinting a bunch of stuff, and I'm and like, I'm still looking for Rain and Blood and South of Heaven without paying sixty bucks for them. Mm-hmm. I, um, I would have some things just you know, as they would come in, but like, but one thing that's kind of uh, irked me a little bit is Slipknot just re-released Iowa. Yeah. I had that, I had that on original when it originally came out. Um, never opened it because I didn't even have a record player at the time. I just like, I liked the band and I, I was like, cool, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get this. Um, and it was like $300, $400 um, now, uh, but now that it's re-released, it's all dropped down in price, but um, like, man, I had gold here, bro, and now you're taking away from me. Thanks a lot. I wish I had to grab the fucking Agent Orange by Sodom when I had the chance, man, because it's like hundred something dollars now. Yup. Wow. But I'm, now, if you look at it, if you look at some CDs you might have, now their CDs are, are worth a lot of money. Um, so, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm sitting on a gold. That's not, can I tell you one, one of my biggest fears? My biggest fear is dying and my music collection going to the wrong people. You know, like right. I don't know what to. Like, I, I don't know if anybody else is going to appreciate my music collection as much as I do, and I don't want to see that stuff ended up at like the Goodwill or, or whatever. Um, so, write write a separate will and testament for your musical year. Man, I might. I might. My wife knows what to do. She knows who to sell it to. <laughs> I made sure of that. <laughs> I got buddies that are probably just like foaming at the mouth for some of the shit I got here at the house. Yeah. <laughs> I got a few, I got a few fucking rare ones, man. I've got like first pressing a Testament, a uh, new order and shit like that. Um, I got some first pressings and some random new, new wave of British heavy metal bands. Mm-hmm. I got all, all kinds of shit. I've got, I've got like a- fucking creator box set over here that came out for the got- last I've album. Got- I've got a first pressing metal blade, and I think it's first or second metal blade pressing of Master of Puppets. That I'm pretty pumped on. Uh, uh, is it metal for the masses or metal? No, no, it was no. This was Master of Puppets. This was uh, the full album. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. There, there was a uh, metal uh, music for nations. Is it music for nations? No, no, no. This is uh, Metallica's Master of Puppets. Yeah, no. With, it's not. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the label it's printed on because. Oh I'm, no no this this was Metal Blade. This really? Was, yeah. I didn't know they distributed out to Metal Blade back then because they were part mm-hmm. of Electra. Yeah. 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 Metallica was with Metal Blade at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. For like it was like what eighty three for that no. one single. Yeah. No, no, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Are you thinking Megaforce? Megaforce, bro. Megaforce. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, dude. I like. I know. I do like. What got me on the Megaforce records, man, was uh, was it. 90 was it 90 it was either 90 91 or 92 it was overkill's horoscope and it said by megaforce records and that whole record dude i i loved it yeah that's a really <laughs> that's a fucking killer album 
they re-released it as a live version that they did in Oberhausen in Germany, and I actually picked that up, and it's really cool because they did a, they did the whole album live. Like they did that in their first album, Fill the Fire, in like one set and one night in Germany, and it's like in two separate sets. But I also got Fill the Fire by Overkill, man. I I, I fucking love Overkill. Yeah, I um I, I was in a, in somebody's car recently, and and Venom came on, and I thought of you, man. I was like, dude, I haven't heard Venom in so long. Um, I'm I forgot how fun they were, you know? Exactly. Thank you. They're fun, but they're evil at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, they make great video game music. Like, uh, long-haired punks came on while I was playing. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, it was an MX game, motocross game, and um, it, I had Spotify on, and uh, long-haired punks by Venom came on, and I, dude, I it it was just so soothing. Like, it fits so perfect. <laughs> You're making me want to go out and like buy a fucking. Uh buy a PS five or, or something again and get a uh, Tony Hawk's pro skater and just listen to venom the whole time. I'm playing that. <laughs> like, yeah. Crazy mad ride sponsored by PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, kind of digging in here. Uh, I think I talked with Keith about some of this stuff last time. I know Keith's a big wrestling fan. I don't remember if you were a big comic fan or not. Were you? Um, not so much, man, but I did, uh, I, I noticed on, you were posting something about the Ninja Turtles going back and, and reading some of the old Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I just read the original Ke- uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird stuff, man. So I was, I, it started out, I was just trying to get my kids into the Ninja Turtle cartoons and I was like ordering these DVDs cause I can't, you know, I, you know, you can buy the whole seasons, like whatever, but you can get the DVDs a lot cheaper. So I was so I bought the DVDs and I'm like, oh man, this whole graphic novel thing, and it's gonna go back. I'm gonna go ahead and grab that while I'm, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and click on that too. So I've been reading that and going back to the, you know, catch up on on those like, um, the roots to Ninja Turtles, man, and it's pretty awesome. (laughs) Like I didn't, I never realized how much that first movie um, was based off the comic books. Like the first movie. I always loved, but I, I didn't get it until I, I started reading the comics. I was like, oh, oh. I yeah, see you guys. It, it borrowed so much and, like, reimagined the things that happened in that. Yeah. And I'm old enough that I'm just like, that was my childhood with those OG fucking toys and stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, same here. And that's, that's why I was trying to get my kids, like, kind of check it out. Um, but now I'm, I'm like, stuck in it. They don't. They don't care anymore. They're back to Spidey and Friends, which is cool. I'm I'm good with that too. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, they don't they don't give a damn about the Ninja Turtles. I've, so I'm just I've just been trying and just like eh, suck it, kids. Let me tell you what I bought to try and get my son into uh, Ninja Turtles, so me and him could play together too. Yeah, they had the entire set of like the original like style Ninja Turtles toys. They were like in the OG packaging and all that shit. I bought all four, Don, Mike, Raphael, and Leonardo. Mm-hmm. And I have been trying to get my son to play with those with me more and more and more. <laughs> and he just wants to play with his cars and watch Paw Patrol. Yeah. Yeah, man. What's the point of having kids? They're not complaining Ninja Turtles with you. Exactly. Thank you. Someone got my <laughs> back here, motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't know. A good thing for me, I guess, I don't have kids. So I don't have to worry about that. But... No, nah, you can play Ninja Turtles all you want, man. Nobody's going to judge you. 
if you want to come over and hang out with me and Mike and, and play Ninja Turtles, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to keep them all to myself. <laughs> I'll bring mine. We can all play together. I um a place that I worked at a couple of years ago where they they took in used toys like you know, old toys and stuff like that. Somebody came up with the um terror drone, which we're seen in real life. And I was like, dude, like this is amazing, and it was still great condition and everything, man. And like, all right, and like you sure you want to sell this because this is awesome, dude. Man, I had that thing when I was like four years old too. Did you? I'm I, I'm, I'm old enough. I'm just old enough that I had that kind of stuff. Like I had that. I had the turtle van. I had that giant fucking bee they rode for some reason. I had like the oh, dinosaur man. turtles. Oh, I had I had the van. I feel like I. I had something else that flew that I wasn't, I'm not sure what, I feel like, I don't know what it was now. Was, it the, bl- it, was it the blimp? Because I had the blimp. It wasn't the blimp. It was something else. It was something much smaller. Um, but anyways, yeah, I had I had a bunch of stuff, but yeah, like the pterodrome, stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, I was out of, out of my parents' price range. I just lucked out on that one Christmas. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Let's get back to Brandon. I'm sorry, Brandon. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I'm enjoying listening to you guys. Well, hey, we're making your first podcast easier. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about yeah. that. No. Um, <laughs> so let me uh, let me ask you, man, kind of about some of your hobbies and shit, some of the stuff you do in your free time, especially since you ain't got a kid. You know, what's some of yeah. your uh, favorite things to do like that? Uh, I mean, any, any kind of nerdy stuff or hell? I've had a guy on here before, and it was like, do you guys got any nerdy hobbies? And they're like, no. And then the singer's like, well, I like to grow roses. <laughs> and this is a hardcore fucking like wow. thrash punk, like hybrid style band. It's, it's crazy. Hey, I, you could be the most hardcore band, but every, I mean, it's good for even a hardcore band to throw some soft stuff in there every now and then. Yeah. Man. yeah stop and smell the roses, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Smelling my ass. He grew the motherfuckers. <laughs> Yeah, he's waiting for guys like us. Uh, yeah. So, what's some of your what's some of your hobbies and stuff, man? I, I like to ask that to uh, kind of personalize the guest a little bit. Yeah. So, I'd say, I mean, before like I really decided to pursue pursue uh, music uh, full time, I was big into like off road racing and doing a lot of videography. So I'd be I actually uh, Motorrush Media is like a videography company I had going when in my team years um i'd go to races um and take videos and make videos for drivers um and it was really fun that's kind of really videography is really the only hobby and then of course just some video games every now and then but other than that this and crazy mad ride is a full-time job right um so and that's the thing is you know it and, and, and this band is definitely not a hobby man we're trying to you know we're trying to be the next metallica or pantera or megadeth and um you know, it, it's a long road, definitely, but it's doable. I can see it, and the rest of the guys with me can. So, um, yeah, but hobby-wise, yeah, I love videography. I love playing some video games every now and then to chill out. That's funny you were talking about, like, the off-road stuff like that, like the, the racing and stuff. My grandfather, um, back in North Carolina, back in the 60s, he was actually doing a lot of stock car racing for a while. Like, he used to race on the dirt tracks and stuff. And then, you know, he crashed a car or something, and Mama made him retire. <laughs> yeah, man. My, my dad is uh, who got me into racing. And I actually raced for a couple of years, the Polaris side-by-sides. But um, 
once I picked up the camera and realized I can make money filming and not have to waste a bunch of money by like breaking ball joints and breaking parts. And it was fun, but, um, just time-wise videography was more my style. And, uh, my dad got me into racing. My dad has done a lot of racing in his life from motocross to drag racing, stock car racing. So yeah, he's, and he's definitely, I think with that, it influenced my music taste a lot because, you know, you don't go to the track and, and hear a bunch of slow music. When you go to the track, they have a lot of upbeat stuff and, I think that's where my love of high octane shred thrash came from. All from shooting for disaster. Or, uh, what was it? Uh, you mean to tell me they're not playing Sinatra at, at um, races? <laughs> Maybe post race uh, to fill out, <laughs> man. I don't know. But it's all about uh, flirting with disaster, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, you'll hear some Molly Hatchet, man. And, and like I said, I'm a big fan of rock and roll too. And modern rock and roll metal is all you really heard at the track. Yeah. Hell, that's cool. I mean, down here in Dalton, well, Chatsworth, really, my grandfather used to take me on Saturdays, and we go down to the, the dirt track down there and watch all the cars race, and it was always, like, country. Yeah, that too, man. That too. <laughs> Got a lot of fucking but, country. But luckily, luckily, the crowd I was around, because we, we would go to Union Point, a place called Durham Town. They're uh, called Georgia Off-Road Adventures now, but um, I did a lot of uh, filming there, and, you know, country was a big deal you know, but a lot of times you'd hear like like Metallica, like the Black Album. Man, people love cranking the Black Album by Metallica because it's four four heavy. It just got you in the r- mood, the rhythm, the race. Really, yeah. That, I got Metallica credit on that. That's, that that album does have some good rhythm to it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that, I drove that, a little faster listening to Holier Than Thou, to be honest. But man, that that Black Album crosses so many like barriers, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're gonna hear that everywhere, and and that's awesome. Yeah, I was about to say, this might be the first episode that actually saw some praise. It's a black album. (laughs) We did a fucking review episode, and we were just like, and then Metallica died after Injustice for All. No, well, I I guess I'm just really open-minded, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are, you know... uh, they have their taste. They like thrash metal. Good. Dude, I'm, I'm actually a bigger Megadeth fan. Like, I mean, we know the controversy there, but I mean, I, I love Megadeth and Megadeth is really, you know, what I listen to if I'm ever doing something and it gets me in the mood for almost anything. Um, Rust in Peace, that whole record, if I'll, I'll listen to any song on that record and it just gets me in the mood to do whatever I need to do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the Black Album, I got, like I said, I got to give credit where credit is due. That was, that was, it got people moving. And it got people interested, and in, 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 it's like they reached the thrash the thrash crowd in the '80s, and then the '90s hit, and they reached the the hard rock heavy, you know. So they really brought in their followers with that album. Yeah, no, I wasn't actually knocking the album. We actually on the review talked about it for a minute because we were talking about kind of the early stuff. But we were like, the Black Album does have its place and its spot. And when I was a kid, man, that was a hell of an album to listen to all the time. I can understand hating the Black Album if you if you haven't heard Saint Anger yet. Yeah. Um, but after you hear Saint Anger, you're like, oh no no, Black Album's a classic, huh? That's that's like definitely one of the best. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it is a classic record. It's classic, you know, hard rock, heavy metal. It does have a, a great place, and it did open a lot of doors for a lot of other bands too, particularly within the thrash genre. So. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you said, well, and see, that's the thing. It's not really too thrashy of an album, but the tone, the stacking, the several guitars, and the tone of it really opened doors. And it's like you said, Mike, it's the time period that it was released. 
um, the time it was released, it was that was fresh, that was new, you know. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys feel that um, going back to the thrashy era of of Metallica, I I kind of feel like the last like real thrash album Metallica made was Ride the Lightning, um, and I love Master of Puppets is my favorite album, but more progressive. I feel like they they went a, a different kind of just a heavy metal direction or like heavy metal hard rock direction and they had their solos they had their their huge leads but to, but how do you guys feel about that okay i'm actually going to go ahead and jump in right here so okay. here's what kirk had to say about it uh, from his point of view from back then so like you're talking about uh, master of puppets like it's not as thrashy you yep. are correct master of puppets he said for them was to prove that they could write a successful album that was good you know they could write yep. good songs and then, like, kind of going in after that, like, I think there's more thrashier stuff on Justice, even as mm-hmm. far heavily progressive as it is. Like, man, mm-hmm. that thing's out in left fucking field, you know? As yeah, far as thrash goes. Like, that's, that's like, almost the birth of technical thrash. That's for, before Forbidden and shit like that. So, uh, Kirk said, you know, with Justice, we wanted to prove that we could be a technical band as well. So yeah, I, I think you're you're definitely onto something with puppets not being as thrash. And I'd mentioned this in a podcast I'd recorded earlier today, you know, talking about that kind of era of that band. They get brought up a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> that um the thing with puppets to me was uh shit, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, if I, the, 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 the thing with puppets and all that to me, like if you look at classic albums and you're looking at like Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, even Injustice for All. Yeah. After Kill 'Em All, like Kill 'Em All, it's there's some different songs on it, but there's a lot of the like same structure and things like that. It's all, you know, very cohesive as far as the style goes. But then you get to Ride the Lightning and Puppets and Justice, and it's very wide open by comparison. You get to see more styles within those bands, and that's what makes a great classic album. If you look at all the classic albums in history, they're very diverse. Mm-hmm. Minus Rain and Blood. <laughs> Minus Rain and Blood, for sure. <laughs> That's just an assault to the face. And, you know, obviously some punk bands like, uh, of course, the Ramones and stuff. It's They had a formula. ACDC had a formula, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just to add on to the whole, you know, the master of puppets being less thrashy than kill them all or, or ride the lightning that I think another thing that the, the, what I wanted to say was, you know, you don't always have to be fast to, to reach a metal crowd. And, and, you know, I love fast. I love going fast like anybody else, but like with Exodus, I love Exodus, but you know, if you're in the mood for thrash metal, you Exodus is you go to them, you will get it. You know, they're heavy thrashy um but it's like you guys said each album of metallica had had a lot of diversity it was they brought something different each time so it never got old yeah mm-hmm. see but going kind of going back into that you mentioned an exodus i actually just saw them live with testament and uh death angel and i think by comparison any of the three bands i saw then compared to metallica now to me are putting out better material but they're not as big. And I think there's a level of hunger that's still there within those bands, you know, whereas a Metallica is so big, you know, how hungry can you actually be at that point, you know, for an audience? Well, so, um, 
you know, I just, this, that's personal this, opinion. I think their lure material is better. For for which band, Metallica or Exodus? Exodus, Testament, Death Angel. I actually like their newer stuff better than anything Metallica's had in years. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I mean, it definitely the the those bands. I I wouldn't say aged better, but I guess they they grew to a certain sound. Um, Metallica. I'm not saying they didn't stay true, but you know, Metallica is willing to experiment and try different things. I got to give them credit on that. Um, but like the new, the Exodus and the bands you listed, they, they always kept it. Hey man, let's get together, make it thrashy, make it fast and make it, you know, let's, let's get this place full, full blown high octane and like balls to the wall. Um, well, I can kind of leave Testament out of that a little bit. Because if you go through Testament's discography, there's a lot of different stuff going on, and they experimented a lot in the '90s, in particular. Like if you, gotcha. yeah, if you've ever heard like Demonic, The Gathering, um, what was that one album? Low, I mean, Low is a complete departure from the old Testament sound. Like they're adding death metal elements and stuff in there, and then Gathering and Demonic, you know, those are two very different albums again from each other. Like Chuck Billy changed his vocal style completely into like a death metal style. And now today they've taken all of that and they've mixed it all together with like the classic sound. And I think that's what makes them one of the best bands today. I think that's the same for creator too. Honestly, if you ask me who's the best out of all the thrash bands, who aged the best, who aged, who's the fine wine of thrash, man, it's creator. Yeah. On, on the new, new creator, man. Um, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Most of the bands I have really, like, studied. I guess, you know, you can listen to people, but the bands I've really studied have been, like, Exodus um, and Metallica and all, the, like, and Overkill and people like that. Um, but, yeah, man, I'll, you know, now that you say that, I'm going to go back and listen to some Testament and listen to some Creator. Uh, Metal Church, I've, I've listened to, like, in their old days. They, they were good, but... Um, I think like the lead singer left and made like a single album. Like it was called Wayne metal church. And, um, so I don't even know metal church isn't even together anymore. And I, I'm not sure. Uh, they were a few years ago because they had an album coming out and my old drummer had pre-ordered it and then they got behind on getting it out. So they said, Hey, when it comes out, you'll get it and you'll get it signed and get some extras. And then he got the shit in and it was signed and had a bunch of extra crap with it. So hmm. they were together a few years back. Hard to tell though. Pandemic threw everything for a whack. Yeah, that that every every everything and everybody, man. That's that's for sure. But um, well, hey, at least I'm learning something on this podcast. Hey, I want to get back to uh, one thing that Brandon said too that I, I about those bands uh, that I 100 percent agree with. A, a lot of those bands, yeah, they, they knew who their fan base was, um, so their albums stayed more consistent and and, and better. Than Metallica because Metallica was always trying to prove something different, um, and good for them for doing that. Um, but you know, like Death Magnetic and, and Hardwired, whatever Kill or something, self-destruct. Yeah, yeah, okay. Are, are like decent albums for what they are, but they're they're hard to listen to. Um, you know, as opposed to like the other ones, but like some of these other bands that have been around for just as long or, or even longer, they're still coming with albums. Their albums are easier to listen to because they they stuck. They knew their fan base. They didn't. And, and it seems like on these last couple albums, Metallica is just trying too hard to get back to that original fan base. Yeah. Uh, 
So that that's what I, you know, you hear some of the songs one-offs and like, oh man, yes, it's cool. I forgot how good this was. And then it's like, then you listen to the whole album. It's like, oh, okay. All right, never mind. My bad. My bad. You're not getting that whole album of great material anymore. Yeah. Right. See, that's where I, I like defer. I think I, I jump over to like a lot of the German bands and some of the more, the other, like the, what I call the other, other big four or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think they, uh, there is a level of consistency and I think they put out better albums to me because there's some experimentation like creator. When they started out, it was just like straight up thrash and then you'd have pleasure to kill. And it's like, it's like early death metal. Yeah. If you've ever heard pleasure to kill, it's like early death metal. Like the drumming venters drumming alone is like almost there. You know, it's with the possessed and stuff like that or death, you know, getting to that point. And then, you yeah. know, the next album is a progression uh, when they get into uh, Terrible Certainty. And then uh, Extreme Aggression is just like this total expansion of everything they did. And it's like it's almost perfected. And then you hear like Coma of Souls and they kind of they dial it back a little bit. And then it gets into the 90s and they start experimenting with some industrial stuff being mixed in their music. Mm-hmm. And then they finally go back to that old sound with uh, Enemy of God. And like, I think it was like 2005, 2006. Uh, great comeback album as far as going back to the old sound. Then you have Hordes of Chaos and it's just, it's a banger ass <laughs> album. Then you get it. I'm, I'm going through the whole fucking discography here. <laughs> but it's like, do you remember, uh, I'm sorry, Machine they, Head. Now it's a little bit popular, yeah. you know, metal, but Machine Head was like, when they came out, the first couple albums were like, insane they were some of my favorite albums and then they came out with the new metal hit and then they decided well we're gonna put out a new metal record um and which was still if you go back and listen to it okay but then they um and then then that that fell apart and then they started going back to try and get their old sound back and it was hard man a lot of people a lot of people have like given them a second chance i haven't fully given them a second chance yet but um you know i don't know man i I don't know. I just I, I like experimenting, but I hate like that experimenting because something's really cool right now. And let's let's see what that'll do. You know, what was their guitar player's name? Was that Phil Dimmel? I don't remember. The only only one I remember is uh, only name I know is Flynn. Flynn. Rob Flynn. Rob Flynn. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I remember him now. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got a Black Sabbath book over here that he did. A uh, he did. He like wrote the. It's like a big autobiography, or not autobiography. It's a big Black Sabbath biography and shit, like their whole history, and it's got weird facts and stuff. So, dude, yeah. dude's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, and, and granted, but but my thing was like, I don't think they they didn't switch over. They didn't jump over to a major label. I think they were still on Roadrunner Records, um, which was kind of major at the time. But when that dude pops up and he's got spiky hair and they've got big pants and, and they're doing all this like. You know, new metal shenanigans. Like, oh, this isn't the same band I, I that I loved the last couple albums on. Yeah, no, it, Roadrunner hadn't signed Nickelback yet. <laughs> no, no if, if they had signed Nickelback, it was they were still like it was still brand new. I, unfortunately, I think that's well. I mean, fortunately and unfortunately, I mean that's that's kind of a gray area too. Is like because I mean that's like the whole selling out deal. Everybody's like, oh, they sold out if they get signed by a big label and they change and all that. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, can you blame them? I mean, if, if they they if they have goals to reach a certain area and somebody comes up to them and 
says, hey, yep. you got to do this. And, but, but then again, you also lose that integrity of your fans too. So it's, it's, it's a very right. great. Right. And, and, and let me, let me just paint the picture of who I am too. Okay. So Metallica was my first band and I will defend Metallica to the death. Um, but I didn't really get into wanting to play music until I saw Green Day. Um, don't judge me, Brandon. Brandon, are you judging me? <laughs> don't judge me. It's not Brandon but judging me. It's still me. When, when I, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike. Mike, we've been through, been over this, man. Uh, but no, when I saw Green Day playing at um, Woodstock, I was like, oh, oh, I could do that. I, I, I can't do what Metallica's doing. But what Green Day's doing, I can do that. Um, and then... And then going back and like to their history and where they came from and stuff like that, you know, they they changed up. They they did what they needed to do, but I still respect them on that and for, for changing their sound and doing what they need to do now. And then, okay, that uh, father of all, whatever, that was weird. I don't get that. I don't get a lot of the stuff they do. But I can still hold them in like a high regard. You see, um, when I think of something like that, like you were talking about, uh, seeing green day and you're like, I can't do what Metallica did, but I could probably do what they did. Yeah. You know, the yeah, first I'm person thinking. that pops to mind. Say what? The, yeah. What's that? The first famous musician that pops to mind is actually Billy Corgan. Cause you know who his hero was? Who? Eddie Van Halen. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's just, I, I admit my own laziness. Um, well, Metallica is way better than what I could think of, but what green day is doing, I can, I can play that. Um, but so, you know, so I get selling out, I, I, I get that whole aspect of, um, you know, you want to be the biggest rock star you can, but, but, and Green Day did that, Metallica did that. Um, but what benefit was it for Machine Head to do that? <laughs> you know, you got to so, make your money while you can. Here's my thing. Yeah. I was going to say this before, before. I, I, and I'm not saying that somebody, especially with Crazy Mad Ride, look, I, I'm, we're probably some of the most hard-headed guys you know, um, when it comes to the music, like we, we, we do not want to be changed. Like, I'm just saying, if, you know, every, every band has their threshold of, you know, at least I, I do anyways, of, of how much we will allow somebody to change us before we say, nah, you're not the one for us, like label wise. Yeah. Um, and I think nowadays, I mean, I'm not sure, but like I could see our, just from what I'm hearing from like metal blade records or nuclear blast or napalm, um, you know, I, our music would fit in that, so I don't think we'd ever be changed too much. That's the good thing. But there have been artists in, in the past that, you know, they have changed a bit. But my, I guess my point was I don't hate on them for doing that, but it's definitely a risk. By yeah, doing absolutely. Uh, Brandon, I want to get your opinion on this because I'm I'm old jaded guy on record labels and stuff like that. I mean, do what do what do you see um, pros and cons of that? So label wise, um, I mean, just right off the bat, you know, I'm, I like, let's just put it this way. I like being in control of a lot of things in the band because I started it, I put my heart and soul into it for about three years just to build it. Um, and you know, anybody who started the band knows that that's quite an adventure. You meet some good people, you meet some not so good people, but in the end of the day, when you got a good team, you roll with it. Um, but I do like having control of a lot of things. I will say that. And I know when we come to the point of getting a label, a lot of that might go away. I'm going to have to listen to somebody else tell me what's good and what's not good. I, I, that's really the only thing that uh, is really the con of it. But at the same time, I've accepted that it might be a pro too. You know, yeah. anybody who's thinking about getting a label, I don't, I mean, there's all people, there's 
the people that say label, oh, this label is great, and those people that have had a bad rep with labels, you know, a bad time with labels. And, you know, I really, really, really want to make sure we don't have a bad um, interaction with a label. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. I, I, label, you know, financially especially, because if you want to make money, I mean, yeah, we can self-promote, but, you know, it, it, it'll quicken it'll quicken things up. And I just, mm-hmm. at this point... It'll open up the crowd, yeah. I mean, it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll broaden the audience for sure. Well, it yeah, gives you so, a lot of PR and advertising and stuff like that, too. Exactly. And if you have an experienced booker as well, I mean, experienced booker will get you all over the place. Like, this is your first mm-hmm. podcast... Um, with your type of music, if you, as I think if you get some more music together, I know a guy who does a lot of booking and he actually sends me some guests too. So he might be somebody interesting for you. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's why we're, you know, still in the studio, no matter what, we're, we're always going to be in the studio, but, uh, talking about the label again, like that's, that's why when we get the three or four song EP done doing the whole singles, once those are done. Uh, we're sending them off to, to, you know, Metal Blade or Napalm. And if that's too, if, you know, just to get feedback, you know, they might be like, ah, you know, you need a little more of this, a little more of that. But, you know, just my thing is a label who works with, you know, a good one that works with a lot of good bands. I'd like to know, you know, the pro, like, how's my music compared to that? You know, or, or can you see anything in this? I, I you know, I just, I, I really don't see too many cons in a, in a, in a label. Unless the label is a con, you know, you got to watch for the bad ones. But, but finding a good label, I really feel like that would help us. I think, um, I feel like a lot of labels now are just looking at, uh, and, and maybe not Metal Blade, and maybe not some of the um, the, the old school ones uh, like Napalm, but I think they're looking at just like like views and, and likes and stuff like that, which by the way, uh, my band Not Warren just put out a video for PhD on the cancer beat. If you go to YouTube, smash that like button. Um, <laughs> good self-promotion <laughs> what? Who said that? that's what you're here for <laughs> but like are they even paying attention to the music anymore at all like it, it doesn't feel like it's people like back in the day like you, you see all these kids coming up that have never played a show or they've never done that it's not I miss that I, I miss those people coming out and like checking out your band live seeing how, how you know everything clicks together it just doesn't seem like it's like that anymore what do y'all, how do y'all feel about that? Uh, well, first well, off, if you're looking for labels, let me just say this. Based off of history and stories I've heard from studying up on a lot of the old school metal labels, do not send anything to Earache. Do not fuck with Earache <laughs> because the motherfucker that owns it, old Digby, is apparently a bastard. <laughs> like, he has he... fucked a lot of bands. And the singer yep. for Napalm Death, Barney Greenway, will tell you exactly that. The only one he ain't fucked has been Carcass. Maybe he's afraid they'll get him on a medical examiner, a medical examiner table or something. Chop him open. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's always going to be your homework. Like I said, that's that's the biggest thing is I got to make sure to get, you know, all the studying I can in on whatever label shows interest or you know whatever label we reach out to. Well, you know, you can always hit up some of your smaller ones, much you know smaller ones to start out with too. There's a lot of those out there. I know one that carries a lot of like old school style metal and stuff. I think I mentioned them on a previous episode I recorded today um, was uh dying victim productions. Like a lot of their stuff's very old school. Like it's old school thrash. It's old school, like death metal or power metal, you know, that kind of stuff, black metal. So that, that might be somewhere to look into. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those like 
those underground labels are usually the a good way to go. Um, I do. I will say though, with Metal Blade, um, I don't know if you remember Mike, uh, a band called Phoenix Morning. Mm-hmm. That was on there for one album. They were originally they were a band out of Tampa. They were originally called Calm. Um, that's how I met them back way back then. Um, but they they had a pretty good, from what they told me, a pretty good experience with Metal Blade. So I mean, I, I feel like you know some people are really there with the heart. And then some people are just there with open wallets, you know. Or, um. Well, you know, I've had I've had Tommy Stewart on here. He's from uh, Dire Wolf, and he played in Hallow's Eve back in the day. And they were on Metal Blade when Metal Blade was in its infancy. Yeah. And I've heard wow. him talk about, uh, you know, Brian Slagle and stuff. And I've heard other people talk about Brian Slagle that have been on the podcast that knew him. I've never really yeah. heard anything bad about Brian Slagle. No. Even no. Chris... Even Chris Barnes, I don't think he's ever ever said anything bad about him. Chris Barnes talks shit about everybody. (laughs) (laughs) He's pissed off at everyone, but he ain't pissed at Slagle for some reason. (laughs) Just a good guy. Slagle's just a good guy. I'd never heard anything bad about John Zazula either or his wife. No, no, I know, right? Not even once, man. You know, these are good, solid people that were in the industry, so. Yeah, and and those were... It, was it maybe? I mean, the industry's always flawed and always ha- has always had, um, you know, the villains. But these some of these guys, Azula, uh, it's like these people seem to even like um, what's his name, uh, the, the the dude that going. Oh man, I'm sorry guys, going back to Green Day. But the guy that the A and R guy that signed Green Day was it Rob Cavallo or something like that? I think so. Yeah, um, he was a guy that just. Uh, he loved music and he appreciated music. He didn't really care so much about the money. Um, Cause even going back to that, it was like the label was telling him to sign. He needed to sign Goo Goo Dolls but, or Gin Blossoms or somebody, or I think it was Goo Goo Dolls. And he decided to go with Green Day instead. So, you know, you got some people that are just like, love it or are doing it for the right reasons. Um, and will put you in the right spots, you know, and, and get you promoted and all that. Without making you, without just, Stealing all your money. And I was about to say, has Goo Goo Dolls done anything since the nineties? Because I think he made the right decision with Green Day. Because that was a that, yeah. was, that was a fucking lot of money in singles and that shit. Was a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, that was the, probably the best decision he ever made for that label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Goo Goo Dolls, granted, bless their hearts, they did okay, but the, the, they didn't have the longevity that Green Day had, which um, is what you really want at the end of the day. I think that's a problem with like those kind of like the overnights. They probably weren't overnight, but you know what I mean? The overnight success, all of a sudden you just have this huge fucking single and then it's like yeah. nothing. Yeah. Well, cause you got to follow it up. Yeah. That's the, that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. See, that's the beauty of being ugly guys, writing shitty music. <laughs> <laughs> you got nowhere to go, but up guys, same here. <laughs> I think that's lots that you were talking. We were talking about Metallica, and we're about to cut this off. But I, I know Sebastian Bach said uh, that what the reason he bought Kill 'Em All was he looked on the back of the record and he's like, "These are the four ugliest guys I've ever seen. I have to buy yeah. this. You know, it's good." Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what uh, Green Day was saying. Like on their first video, it was like, hey, "We're just a bunch of kids with pimples," and uh, there's no way anybody was gonna like give a damn about us. And then suddenly it did. Like they they were able to. You know, prove themselves for whatever musically, uh, and I think Metallica, you know, did the same thing. They were just a bunch of ugly dudes, and you had to write good music. Yeah, 
There you go. And that's what we try to do that crazy mad ride, man. I wanted to <laughs> point out we're highly 80s. Like, a lot, we're so highly 80s influenced, but I really feel like there was just, I don't know, man. It was, it was like the perfect mix between like process enough to sound good, but like quality wise, it was still really raw. It sounded raw, you know? Right. Yeah. I think what you've got going on with your band, Crazy Mad Ride, is really good. Uh, from your YouTube videos, I enjoyed some of those. I enjoyed the guitar playing a lot as a guitar player. But uh, I think you're on the right track. I, I hope this episode, you know, kind of helps bring some more people to your audience. You know, that's what we're shooting for. Uh, this will not just air on my, you know, podcast format and such. It'll also be part of Rat Salad Reviews. So hopefully that'll bring some more people in. You know, hey, best of luck, yeah, man, because I enjoy what you're doing. I appreciate your attitude. Um, and just to tell people, you know, the, one of the first things you did before this show was you advertised, you went out there and said, hey, happy Memorial Day. Also, we're going to be on the Metal Thrashing Nerd podcast. So check us out because you were excited about it. When bands do stuff like that, it helps me. And it helps grow the audience because I'm pulling in some of your people. But if it gets to some other people outside of that, even better. You know, hopefully well, it pulls people into you because I'm going to reshare the shit. Yeah. If you share yeah, yeah. something about me, I'm resharing it and telling people, hey, go there. <laughs> yeah, man. You, yeah, doing that, that promotion goes everywhere. Because, um, like, I have, you know, situations now where, like, oh, well, why, why isn't that song already at a thousand plays already? Well, who's promoting it right now? Like, I mean, so promoting it man doing that promoting your friends promoting you know like situations like this to be fair mike i didn't know about this until three hours ago now you're cool <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh but you know like man and that's we're all kind of in this together uh so even though like we're you know a crappy punk band from columbus and and you guys are like a thrash metal band dude let's let's be friends let's let's help each other out you know let's and same with mike yeah that's the general attitude of the podcast is, you know, let's all kind of help each other out, come together, you know, and we're actually doing a longer episode today because I got two guests uh, and we've had such a good conversation. You know, that's yeah, the whole yeah, purpose of this, guys. If you're listening, you know, we're all about sharing. We're all about getting other people involved because anytime you bring someone new to listen to the podcast, most of the time I've noticed if they listen to one episode, they'll probably check out another episode. And that's one more band they haven't heard about that maybe they'll go check out that's the point you know we're trying yep. to grow this as a big i hate the fucking word but network we're networking <laughs> you know? yeah, that's it. That's yeah. What, i well, mean that's that's part of the business man you got to network I, people are the greatest way to network too i know somebody said to me the other day they're like yeah man well you know you're part of the press and also blah 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 and i was like <laughs> who are these motherfuckers th who do they think i'm i'm not part of the press i'm part of the fucking press you are. Yeah. Essentially, you are. Man. <laughs> Shit. <My> dude. <laughs> yep. Sell out. I'm on goddamn newspaper. <laughs> well, Mike, I would say, man, it, like, it's just being in North Georgia, when I saw it, like, that's why I hit you up, man. I was like, North Georgia? He's near where I am, you know? Like, I, I'm in Dawson. Like, I, and it's, it's so hard to find, like, metal musicians in North Georgia. So when I saw that there was a Metal Thrashing Nerds podcast in North Georgia, I'm like, okay, I got to hit this guy up. Like, yeah, absolutely. Was. No, and you're always, you know, more than welcome to, you know, hit me up about something. If you ever got questions, maybe I got somebody that can help you out. You know, that's another thing. Any artist that's been on over here, if they have a question about something, they're always more than welcome to message me. 
I mean, my lines are open. I, I, you know, I've, I've, I'm on three different social media platforms. I got two different email addresses, and half of you guys got my phone number now. So, <laughs> as long as you don't call me past 1 a.m. in the morning after I get off of work, I'm cool. I'll make sure to do the star six nine so you don't know my uh, my caller ID. I won't answer. <laughs> yep. I get too much fucking spam. <laughs> At 1 a.m.? <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> they, I guess they know my work schedule. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, to answer your first question, though, dude, that Atlanta music scene, I'm for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like it. Let's watch it grow. You know, that's, yeah, dude. I've had three other guys on here today that are all about watching the North, North Georgia and the Atlanta music scenes grow. Yeah, there's actually some crazy growth up towards uh, like Clayton, Georgia. Apparently, they're mm -hmm. putting up little festivals and stuff like that. I mean, you guys might want to check into that. I might be able to hook you up with. Uh, well, I will say this: I will say this. Festivals are awesome. When I see festivals, I stare the shit out of it because yeah. because dude, like I I told you earlier, Mike, when we talked earlier, um, like this, we played our ninth show, eighth show, something like that. The Carnival of Chaos at Furnace Forty One in Jonesboro, which oh, is dude. also a great uh, venue. They just added an outdoor stage, and we got to play it at Carnival of Chaos, and that was like our first big festival we played at. Um, and recently, before that, it'd be like you know five or six people that are there to see us in the crowd, and then after about three or four songs, we'd have you know a big decent crowd because they're like, oh, who's this, you know? Um, so the second half of the show was also always more enjoyable because, you know, that's when the crowd started magnetizing towards it and brought them in. But the Carnival of Chaos, dude, we were doing sound check. And the other guitarist in the band, Doc Lopez, he looks at me and he says, dude, look out in the crowd. And I look out there, dude, and there's already 60 people out there watching us under their tents and stuff. And it's like 85 degree, 90 degree heat. And they're, you know, and, and I, I went up to the mic. And I was like, you guys are fucking awesome. This is this is like our eighth or ninth show. But. This is the biggest crowd we've had to start with. So, you know, festivals, I am all about supporting. Yeah. You just played at Furnace 41? Yeah. Yeah, I had some be. buddies that just played up there. Well, uh, Keith knows them. Kayfabe just played up there. Kayfabe? Hey, Kayfabe, man, they worked me. They they worked me the other day. I thought, I thought the singer had left. They, that video, it got me, dude. Oh, I didn't see that yet. Oh man, yeah, go watch it. Go watch it. I, they, those guys, those guys. But yeah, it's funny as hell, man. Because like I'll message them on and off, and then like half the time they won't say, "Oh, we got a video." <laughs> you know, let me know. I'll fucking share it. Yeah, that new one that got me, man. I was like, "Oh no, dude, I can't believe you left." And then like towards the end, not I mean, spoiler alert. Towards the end, he shows the whole NWO thing. It's good. It's very well done. I love those dudes. <laughs> yeah, they're. Yeah, they are right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that carnival it was a carnival of chaos, right? Yeah, yeah. And that thing was sick, dude. Like I, I saw videos and pictures from that, and yeah, good for you guys for getting to play on that. Yeah, man. It's um, yeah, it's uh, the, the venue owner James Bo Keller is his name, and he uh, if, if you you have a band, any kind of band, hit him up. He'll he'll treat you right. Um, he's fair, and and you know he he he's been a good uh person to have to know for us basically he's done a lot of promoting he, he makes like hell he'll make like posters for your band like along with the other bands but he'll promote it 
as well. You know, some venues don't promote it too well, but he makes sure to promote every single show. Um, and that's he tells you, hey, promote this, promote this. And I'm like, that's the kind of guy you, you want to be, that you want owning a venue, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's another guy that just loves music. Yep. Yep. I've heard, I've heard a lot of nothing but good things about Furnace, uh, Furnace 41, right? Or Furnace 51. Yep. Yep. And John 41. Okay. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Well, hey, guys, I'm going to wind this thing down and uh, let you two have a moment to uh, just kind of reacquaint our audience with what you got going on. So uh, I'll just go ahead and let Keith go first. All right. Yeah. Van Not Warren. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Not Warren Georgia or Facebook at Not Warren Punk. Uh, we just released our new video for PhD in Lycanthropy, which is on YouTube. You can find links to that on our social medias. Um, yeah, other than that, you know, feel free to email us. Uh, we're super nice guys. I'm a super nice guy. Um, and yeah, we'll be happy to talk to you and, you know, play your shows or whatever. All right, go ahead. Uh, Brandon, let us know where can we well, find hey, you? Yeah. Well, Keith, you uh, got a new follower, man. And, uh, hopefully we can actually book a show together. I, I'm actually interested in meeting you in person. And same here, man. Same here. Thanks again for having me. Uh, I'm Brandon Barker of crazy mad ride. Uh, we're on Spotify, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, our Instagram's Crazy Mad Ride Official. Oh, Crazy Mad Ride underscore official. And so is our TikTok. And then we're on Facebook, YouTube. Um, again, check us out on Spotify, especially 3Amatic, number 3-A-M-A-T-T-I-C. That's uh, our new little short single we have out. And hopefully here within the next month or two, we'll have another one for you. Dude, Crazy Mad Ride is a cool name, too. Can we talk about that for a second, Mike? Yeah, go for Just it. For a second. That's a really cool name, bro. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, man. It's actually, uh, well, I came up with it, dude, uh, because it just that's what it was. The whole thing, just building the band and, and trying to find people and, you know, um, you know, because it, to be honest, like, okay, so I had the idea for the band when I was like 20. I'm 25 now. Um, so I had the idea for building a band at age 20. But, um, you know, so it's just having to deal, especially when I turned 21, man, dealing, you know, just with dealing with all the characters I've had to try out and all the people. And I've met some awesome people. And like I said, I've mm -hmm. met some not so awesome people. That, that's part of <laughs> yep. it. It's just been crazy, dude. That's is, has been a crazy mad ride. And really when I hear the music, it's like a whole, the music in general, when you hear it, you go for a crazy mad ride. I know it's cheesy, but like that's, it just fits. So I was like, just, let's just roll with it. Yeah, no, good idea, man. I'm for it. I'm for it. But Hey guys, I'm shutting this thing down. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, are you telling us you're cutting us off, man? Come on. I'm actually, yeah, this is the last call for the day. Um, you guys stick around on the phone for a minute. I do want to talk to both of you about something. Guys, thanks for listening. Be sure and follow both bands. Uh, that's Crazy Mad Ride. They're on all your major social networks. And Not Warren, they're on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Twitter. Yeah, you're not, not, Twitter. On, yeah, you're not on Twitter yet. Damn it, that's my home base, man. Is it really? We're on Twitter as well. I've got that one. We're on Twitter. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. That's my home base. But uh, you guys follow me on Twitter. You just at Mike Thrashing. You'll find me, the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast. On Instagram, it's the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast. And on Facebook, it's the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast. I'm on all those places. And you can also check me out on RatsaladReview.com because I'm part of the Rat Salad family now. Great, great network of fellow podcasters who love metal, hard rock, horror movies, all that crazy shit. 
Like I know they just did a, uh, I think they just recently did Toxic Avenger on one of their movie things. So wow. either way, that, that will, I mean, as a, you watch that as a, and there, there's no way we could do that now, but seeing that as a kid for the first time, that was not a kid's movie, dude, but that was totally marketed to kids. Absolutely. Just like this podcast, we're marketed to kids, but we are not for your fucking kids. I got your kids. Put yeah. them to fucking sleep and then listen to us. <laughs> I always overreact when Keith's here. See you Looking guys. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Ratsau Review Network. Ratsau Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including the flagship show, Ratsau Review, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Lilquist. We also have the official Ratsau Review spin-offs, such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past, and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's Musings, the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast with Metal Thrashing Mike, the Team Otoki Podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Team Otoki, the BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry, Just the Cheese Please, a podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam, and the Music is Live Podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RatsawReview.com for more info. And to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsaw Review Network. We're taking over.